that I was I was praying and asking the Lord to, to, to guide me. One of the things that I, I pray that I'm always striving uh, to do is to uh, exemplify and to show forth the example of what does it mean to uh, to always be growing and, and to always be moving in the right direction. And Psalm 1 gives us that blueprint of what we ought to be doing. And if you were to ask yourself this morning... Uh, and be honest with yourself. If, if you're not in this place in, in, in the sense of your mindset and your, your desire, then ask the Lord to give you the desire. But I believe that if I were to ask the question, how many of you want to be used mightily of the Lord and you want to be a Christian that is always advancing, I believe every single hand would go up. I believe that, that that's the, the, the at least the goal, the desire of, of the Christian life is that you would always be moving forward and walking with the Lord and growing in the Lord and one of the dangers in our, our society, in our, our modern-day Christianity today, in the sense of what we're seeing, is there is a lot of Bible illiteracy. Uh, there's not a lot of comprehension of the Scriptures. There's not a lot of understanding of what does the Word of God have to say and uh, what does it mean or what you know how am I supposed to do this or that or this or this or whatever the case might be. And the truth of the matter is is because many times in our own personal Christian life, we're depending on someone else to provide that, that comprehension, that understanding for us. And the other side of it is this, that there are many Christians who just don't give heed, don't give attention to the Word of God. Uh, we don't spend time in the Word of God. Uh, you know, there was a, a story that was told, and it was a little bit of a joke that was being told, but there was a one who was talking, it was a new pastor in town, and he was about to start leading this church and pastoring this church, and one of the very first days at the church was a Sunday morning, and so he was walking through, and he was going to start by going through every single Sunday school class and just evaluating everything. Uh, you know, he's, he's brand new to the church, and he said, look, we want to make sure everything is done right, and we want to make sure that, that, that the, the, the ministries are being led the right way and that everything is going smooth, and if I have to replace a Sunday school teacher, I will, or if I have to train a Sunday school teacher, I will. And so he, he's sitting in on a Sunday school class, a children's Sunday school class, and he's, he's sitting there, and the, the teacher asks this question. The teacher says, um, who, who made the, the, the walls of Jericho to fall down? One of the boys raised his hand and said, it wasn't me. And the pastor said, what in the world? I mean, this wasn't like a, a first grade or second grade. This was like a sixth grade Sunday school class. And so he stops the class, pulls the teacher to the side, and he says, is, is, this, is this true? I mean, is, is, what I'm seeing is this. And she looks at him and she says, Pastor, listen, this is a, this is a wonderful kid. He's been here since he was a baby. I, I promise you, he did not knock the walls down. The pastor looks at her concerned and says, what in the world is going on? Leaves the Sunday school class and goes and he pulls one of his deacons aside and he's talking to one of his deacons and he says, listen, this is what just took place. Is this how it's always been? I mean, is this, is this true? And the deacon looks at him and says, look, this is a stand-up young man. He's in sixth grade. He's never given us a problem. I can assure you he did not do this. And we laugh, we joke, and we might laugh about this, but that's true in many churches. It's true in many Christians' lives. If a question biblically were asked, we, we, we don't know what the Scripture has to say, and so we don't necessarily know how to, to give an answer sometimes. And one of the dangers in our lives sometimes when it comes to this, this uh, area of moving forward is that we either overlook the blueprints or we ignore the blueprints or we come, become satisfied with 
our, our everyday Christian life in the sense of we, we're okay with where we're at. We see no need to grow. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 1. Six short verses here. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the congregation, or I mean in the, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This morning, I believe every single one of us would say that we want to advance, we want to, to move forward, we want to grow in our, our walk with the Lord, and you begin to see a blueprint. I want to share three words this morning that we find that I pray will be a help to you, and, and the first one is found in verse number one in the sense of a, a concept here. The other two are very simple. They're laid out right in Scripture. The second one is the word delight found in verse number two, and the third one is the word doeth in verse number three. But as we come to this conclusion of, of if we truly want to grow, number one, we see this. Notice with me, if you would, you have to have some determination. You've got to have some determination. Now, this morning, if you've walked into the house of God and you've, you've come and you said, hey, I'm going to be a, a great Christian, well, how's that going to be accomplished? Well, it means you've got to live out the Christian life. It means you have to set yourself apart. That means you have to set yourself aside for the master's use. You have to do some things that need to be done. And in verse number 1, it begins to give us a picture of one who is, who is not walking with some individuals and not standing with some individuals and not sitting with some individuals. But it's a progression that begins to take place. You see, as we, we, we begin to look at society, society is moving further and further away from God. Where it was once a, an idea or once a, a, a question if our nation would ever get to the place where we're no longer one nation under God. Now the question is no longer if we will ever get to that place, but it's now will we ever be a nation under God again. You see, and it was a progression. You see, Satan moves in just little, little centimeters and millimeters to bring people further and further away from the Lord. He gets in, he begins to destroy, and he begins to disrupt some things. And, and we see this in verse number 1. The Bible says, blessed is the man. I believe you would desire to be blessed. One who is, who is uh, highly favored, one who is happy, one who is joyful. Blessed is the man. Happy is he. You don't wake up and just desire to be a cranky individual. You want to be happy. You don't want your circumstances to be so bad that you can't uh, take joy in the day ahead and all of that. Well... Truth of the matter is, sometimes when we get further and further away from God, all of a sudden what goes with it is that joy. You, if you've come to the house of God this morning and you found yourself unhappy, then reevaluate some things. Why are you so unhappy? You could sit here and you could try to, to blame another person. You could try to blame uh, God because you're, the circumstances that you found yourself in. But if God saw fit to allow those circumstances, then he has something for you. If God has allowed someone to, to come into your life and you've allowed that individual to rob you of your happiness, then it's not that you should blame that person. You should blame yourself. You know, there are a lot of critical people in this world. I come in contact with people who are critical. I come in contact with people who are ill, who are just, uh, who are just mad at the world, if you would. You do too. At your work day, there are people who, who just wake up mad, I'm sure, and you come in contact with them and you're wondering what in the world is wrong with this individual. 
If you ever go to the grocery store, sometimes you'll be standing there and you'll, you'll be just wondering, why is this person getting mad at the cash register? And all that it takes place. But notice this statement. Blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. This morning, the first thing, if you want to continue to advance in your walk with the Lord, if you want to continue to move forward and to grow and to become the Christian Christ Savior, you have to have some determination. It's not just going to happen overnight. The, the Christians that you admire, the Christians of the, the faith, the heroes of the faith, the ones that you look up to and you say, man, that is a great Christian. Well, it didn't just happen overnight. It's not like God just said, hey, I'm going to set you right here. You're going to be the, one of the greatest Christians ever. No, they had to work at it. They still fought the flesh. They, they still had battles. They still had struggles. They still had to, when a negative person approached them, they still had to choose to be happy in the presence of that negative person. And you begin to think about this. Well, what were the steps here? Notice with me, if you would, this determination was that they would not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If I were to picture this with you for just a moment, uh, Landon, come on up here with me for just a moment. This is the progression that begins to take place. You say, I want to be an individual that is, that is used of the Lord. I want to grow. I want to, I want to, I want to uh, be steadfast and stand for God and do a great work for God and follow Him and grow as much as I can grow in my walk with the Lord. And so then you begin to, to picture this with me, if you would. And the Bible says in verse number 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, what is the counsel of the ungodly? The word counsel here speaks of that influence. It speaks of that advice. It speaks of the things that you're hearing constantly. And I wonder this morning, if we were just to stop right here, what are the things that you're allowing to filter through your mind on a daily basis? Are those conversations that you're having? Are those people that you are allowing to, to come into your presence and, and it's no longer just something that you were trying to get away from, but now you almost invite them to come into your presence knowing exactly what you're about to receive from them? Uh, people that, that are negative and people that are, that are uh, giving you poor counsel and people that are trying to get you to do wrong and you know that's what they're going to do, but you almost invite them. I've had teenagers who will have this mindset and they will, will make the statement that they're, they're a teenager and they're going to try to reach all of their bad friends and so they've got to go to the same places as their bad friends. They've got to have the same conversations as their bad friends. Why? Because we want to reach them. And I have very rarely seen a Christian who went to all the places that they shouldn't be going to to try to reach people, saying all the things that they shouldn't be saying trying to reach people, that they came out reaching that individual. Why? Because influence. There's so much influence around there. And so if Landon's trying to do a great work for the Lord, he says, I want to grow, I want to flourish, I want to be used of the Lord, I want to be one that is blessed, one that is happy in the Lord. And so then all of a sudden he begins to allow us to, to walk together. Occasionally we walk together and, and so I begin to say some things that I shouldn't. I'm influencing him for bad. I'm giving him poor advice, that counsel. And it just starts out we're walking together. And he thinks, oh, I've got this. And listen, don't, don't be so naive as to think this is just for young people. There are many adults who are miserable today because of the influence of their surroundings, the people that they've invited into their circle. If you were to think about your circle and you were to say, man, my circle is small, that's okay. The larger your circle gets sometimes, the more poor influences you have. We just begin to walk together and he's thinking, man, I can control this, I've got this. And so all of a sudden he's hearing every single day all of the bad things that, that I'm saying. That influence, if you would, you stay right there. We're going to continue walking together here in a minute. 
Notice the word ungodly. The word ungodly speaks of those who are wicked. I mean, they have no good intentions. They have no desire to, to do what the Lord uh, would have and what God is pleased with. Now, there's a difference in, in trying to reach someone concerning your testimony. You work with somebody and so you're constantly having conversations and you're backing up your conversations with Scripture and trying to reach that person and, and actually walking with them and going to the places that they're going to and having the conversation. All of a sudden, it begins to be a part of your vocabulary. And so he's thinking, oh, I can handle this. And so he, we're just walking together. What's the big deal? And parents, can I encourage you, if you know of a young person that should not be hanging around your child, and you say, well, uh, it's just every once in a while, that every once in a while can do more damage than you realize. Protect your young people. I'm, I'm so thankful that my parents, whenever I was growing up, there were just some people that I was not allowed to hang around. And they would say, hey, you don't need to be hanging around that person. Why? It's just every once in a while. No, because you're all of a sudden the influence, and you don't even realize that you're talking like them. I remember one time I walked into my house and there was one thing in the home that you just didn't do. You just did not disrespect or backtalk mama. If my stepdad was near, he would snatch us up. And his, his statement was always, have you lost your ever-loving mind is what he would say. I don't even know what ever-loving means. So he said, have you lost your ever-loving mind? I was thinking, what does that even mean? But I was so so afraid. And I remember we walked in one time, and I just got snippy. And he just, it was one of the, are you serious? Did, did, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> yes, Mom. But they're ungodly. And so we're just walking together. And then it says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. So we were just walking together. We would casually have conversations. I'm influencing them. And, now we're standing together, and we're, we're really, I mean, it's getting further and further. We're having conversations now that are deeper. We're having more than conversations. Now we're plotting together. We're talking about things, making plans. And this idea of standing in the way of sinners, this word way speaks of the path that you're now on. You know people that are like this, and they're, they're thinking, man, how did I get here? Well, it's because you allowed yourself to no longer walk with them, but now you're standing with them. You're going down a path you don't realize is going to take you down a dark road. You know, as you think about Satan, Satan paints a beautiful portrait. And uh, I remember there was, a, there was a, a, a story that was written, and there was a portrait that had been sold for millions of dollars. And the portrait was painted and all these things, and the, the, the portrait was beautiful. But there were certain things you couldn't do. You couldn't leave it in a room that had a lot of moisture because all of a sudden the, the material that was used as far as painting this, it would begin to slowly melt off. And all of a sudden that, that picture, that portrait that was beautiful became hideous and ugly. And that's what Satan does. He paints a beautiful picture. But then all of a sudden you don't realize the, the climate that you found yourself in begins to slowly fade away and you found yourself in a place you shouldn't be. You're going down a path. So to start out, we're just walking together, talking about things we shouldn't be talking about, influencing. He's thinking, oh, I've got this. Now he's come to a place where he's standing with us and he's talking about things and doing things he should never be doing. And all of a sudden, sit with me if you would. Now he's sitting. The Bible says this about this portion of Scripture. As you go and you read verse number 1, it begins to progress and it says, Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Well, who are the scornful? 
Now he has found himself mocking those things at which one time he was doing. He used to be a soul winner for Christ. Now he's mocking people for even attempting it. He used to be a Christian who wanted to do something great for God, but now he's making fun of his friends that were in the church and his friends that were Christians because they want to attempt great things for God. And we say, well, where did it start? It started because we just gradually were walking around sin. And then we began to give more attention to sin. And now we found ourselves embedded in sin. There are people that you'll come in contact with and you'll ask them about their life. And they went down this road that is described in verse number 1. They walked in the counsel of the God. They stood in the way of sinners. And now they found themselves sitting in the seat of the scornful. And you know their life is miserable. Their life looks miserable. But you'll ask them. And they'll say things like this. Don't do what I've done. You ever heard someone get talk? Uh, you, you're talking to someone and maybe it's just a young person. And, you know, I, I remember watching a video one time and they, there was a uh, it was some type of police show. And they took a bunch of young people into the prison. They walked them through the prison. They began to interview the prison uh, individuals. And as they were uh, interviewing those prison mates, they were asking them questions. And time after time, they'd say, don't do what I've done. Don't go down the road that I've gone down. And you ask Christians, go ahead and stand with me, that started out by just walking. And they stood. Now they're finding themselves sitting. And they want to be doing. You know, most of the times, the Christians that are so bitter are the Christians that are bitter because they're not doing what they know they should be doing. They criticize you for living for the Lord, but in reality they're mad at themselves for not doing that. They criticize you for thinking that you can lead others to Christ, but in reality they're just mad at themselves because they're not doing that. Well, where did it start? Oftentimes they began to listen to things and give ear to things that they shouldn't have. And then they began to stand around that crowd, and now they found themselves embedded in it. You say, I want to have determination. You can be seated. The Bible says in verse number 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. My prayer is that you would finish 2021 off stronger than you ever imagined. And well, what does that mean? That means you need to do an evaluation. What kind of crowd are you surrounding yourself by? They have said many, many times that, and I made reference to this a while back, that if you only have one friend, then count yourself a blessed person. That's true. You should. And as your circle it begins to, to, some people think, oh, man, I've got, my circle has to be as big as so-and-so. I've got to have the biggest circle so that I can do this and this and that people will like me. Can I encourage you not to be so consumed with the world and people liking you that you neglect how God would have for you to live and to stand out? Sometimes he doesn't want your circle to be, to be so big so that you do stand out. People say, well, they're, they're a little different. That's okay. They talk a little funny. That's okay. You know, they, they don't talk like I talk. Whenever I worked at Simon Eyes, there was a, a group, and, and, and they began to slowly respect us. They would call us crownies. Oh, here comes the crownies. There was a group of four of us that would work there. We'd drive every single day to work. And, uh, man, some of these guys had, had foul mouths. 
Just the other day I was talking to someone and they knew I was a pastor. I come in contact with them often and they slipped up and said a curse word. And as soon as they said it, they said, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Well, guess what? They didn't mean to say it. Now, they might have meant to say it. Obviously, what com- what's in the heart will always come out. But some way, shape, or form, I'm affecting them for the good. They apologize because they said something. And, and you might be around crowds that whenever you come into that, that contact with that crowd, they might say, oh, we don't talk like this whenever this individual comes. Hey, so-and-so is here. We don't talk like that anymore. And you might become embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. You're making a difference for Christ. You're, you're coming into a situation where people are looking at you and saying, hey, they don't speak like that. Don't be ashamed of that. Praise God for it. And as, as they say things like that, just begin to use that as an opportunity to, to launch a launching pad, if you would, and to, to stop and say, listen, I, I don't speak like that, but let me share it with you why I don't speak like that. I've had conversations, and listen, I used to have a foul mouth. I used to say things that I should not say. And when people have made that statement, hey, we don't talk like that way. Josh Farmer's here. The farmer's here. Farmer's here is what I was always, they just used my last name, Farmer. Farmer's here. We don't talk like that. And, and there were a couple times that the Lord was able to open that door and I'd say, look, I, I used to. But man, when you, when you meet Jesus, He changes your life. And all of a sudden, you begin to look at your life and say, man, the thing, it's like the song, the, the, the things I used to do, I don't do those things no more. The things I used to say, I don't say those things. Well, what's the difference maker? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the difference maker. Can I encourage you not to be ashamed of the difference that Christ has made in your life? You see, if you want to be a Christian that is flourishing, that's moving forward, and you say, I want to close out 2021 as strong as I can, do an evaluation this morning. There's some friendships that you need to really have a conversation with this individual and say, listen, I can't be doing these things. I can't be having these conversations. I can't be going to these places. I can't be doing these things. God has too much for me. I want to be used of the Lord. Some of the, look, I'm not saying it's an easy conversation, but some of the greatest conversations that will make a difference in your life are those hard conversations. Whenever I had to cut ties with some individuals back in Columbus, Indiana, and say, hey, listen, I can't hang around you, the things that you're doing. I mean, the Lord was working in my life. And look, I still think about those people often. I, occasionally I'll go and I'll, I'll search and see what they're doing and how they're doing and all of that. But I wouldn't go and live the lifestyle that they're living and say, you know what, I, I want to be doing what they're doing. No, God has, has given me so much and God has blessed me and I'm so thrilled to be able to stand behind a pulpit and preach His precious word. So verse number 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Notice with me, number two, not only the determination that you have to have, but where's your delight? Verse number two says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I'll be honest with you, many times we were just in Sunday school. <coughs> and I briefly, the Lord impressed upon my heart as I was listening to the lesson and some of the things that were being said and, and some of the things that were, were not being said but being uh, addressed in, in Scripture. And as I was looking at the Scripture, I was thinking, Man, there it is. It's right in front of us. And one of the the many reasons why many Christians don't flourish in the Christian life and don't see themselves growing. And and by the way, if you feel yourself coming to a place where you say, you know what, I'm not growing. It's easy to blame the preacher, isn't it? Ah, he's just not preaching what I need. If the preacher is preaching the Word of God, then he's preaching exactly what you need. And so then you have to do an evaluation of yourself and say, well, why am I not growing? 
And oftentimes, here's the reason. He's not priority in our lives. You go day-to-day living, and you ask yourself, okay, what is the priority for the day? Well, I've got to get this task done. I've got to get this task done. I've got to get all of these things done. And where does Christ fall into that? You know, did you wake up thinking, Lord, I want to spend time with you in your word, and Lord, I want this day to be a great day? Lord, I want to accomplish things for you that only you can accomplish through me and what you have for me. And so you begin to ask yourself those hard questions. Lord, where do you fit into all of it? And the question shouldn't be, where does he fit in? Where does everything else fit in? You see, Christ ought to be a a priority in our lives. You want to grow as a Christian? Make him priority. Whenever I was playing sports, if I wanted to, 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 to be a better ball dribbler or ball handler, if you were to say it that way, guess what I'd do? I'd dribble the basketball for hours. If I wanted to, to be a better baseball player and I wanted to be a better pitcher, guess what I would work on? My technique, my form, my, my speed, all of those many things. I'd work on those things. If you want to, to be a Christian and grow in your Christian life in the sense of be the Christian that Christ saved you to be, guess what? You have to work on it. You have to delight yourself in those things. You have to desire those things. It doesn't just happen overnight. And notice what the psalmist says here. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That word, that statement, blessed is the man, it starts out and it says, blessed is the man that does all of these things. But it's as though it continues, blessed also if he delights in the law of the Lord. And his law doth he meditate day and night. You ever left the house of God and you were just stirred up? I mean, the, 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 whether it was the uh, revival service, whether it was a normal service, whether it was Sunday school, a youth uh, class, a, a children's class, whatever the case might have been. And you said, man, that was just exciting. There have been times whenever I've been preaching before and, and I, I, was, I, I joke about these occasions whenever they do happen. But after services, usually me and my brother-in-law or me and my father-in-law or me and my parents will, will talk and they'll, they'll ask this question. How was service? And there are occasions as a preacher, Brother John, and, and some of you others who have preached before, maybe you've been here before, where you couldn't really get the feel of the audience that was listening. But man, you enjoyed yourself. I mean, you, you loved it. I mean, it was something that the Lord used in your life, and as you were preaching, you were thinking, man, I don't know if, if they, they enjoyed it, but man, I had a time. I enjoyed it. Man, that was a wonderful passage of Scripture. And man, the Lord just revealed Himself in a mighty way to me. I don't know what the audience got, but man, it was good for me. You just left the, the, the house of God before, and you were thinking, man, that was awesome. Man, the Lord is just so awesome. God Almighty, man, how, how much He cares for me and what He has for me. Notice in verse number 2 again. But His delight is in the law of the Lord. Sad to say, in many of our lives, we just don't take delight in the Word of God like we ought to. There are books that are being made, and I'm not against books. I'm not against those types of things. Um, there are books that are being made that are visual books for the Bible and this and that. I'm not against all of that. There are movies that are being made, and I'm all for some of those. And There are skits that are done. There are uh, things that are put out that I'm, I think, hey, if God can use it, I'm all for it. But God never intended that your daily dose of Bible was to be on a TV screen God never desired that your daily dose of Bible would just be a Christian sharing a couple verses with you. 
We, I'm thankful for resources. I truly am. But can I share with you, if your only daily uh, dose of Bible is the daily Bible verse that you get on your phone, that's not the way God intended it. Those are tools. Now, those are just uh, ways in which God can really further his plan in your life. But the Bible says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I remember a statement Growing up, I, I can't remember when it was, but my father-in-law was preaching one time, and this was when uh, Facebook was just becoming bigger and bigger, and it was very, very popular, as if it's not already now, but it was, it was kind of getting more and more popular. And he was preaching, and he made a statement in passing, and he said this, and it stuck with me forever. And I'm sure some others have said it too. I don't know if, he, I don't know if it's original. But it was original to me in that moment. He said, some of you need to get off Facebook and get your face in the book. And we think about that and we think about, oh, yeah, we do and this and that. But, you know, Facebook isn't the only thing. We give our attention and our time to all of these things and we delight in all of these things. And we, we, we focus on all of them. We just don't delight in the Lord. People say, oh, it's just hard for me to read. It's so boring. What? The Word of God? Oh, it comes to life. Uh, we were reading Luke last night. We're reading through the Bible with our kids uh, in the month of December. And we were reading last night. And afterwards, we asked Jackson, Jackson, what, what, what just happened? He, says, he said, uh, Mary and Joseph were traveling. And they, had, they, they, they were traveling. And, and baby Jesus was going to be born. And I mean, he's, he's talking and he's getting excited about it as he's, he's telling the story. And as you go and you read it, sometimes we treat the Word of God and we say, hey, what just happened? Mary and Joseph were traveling. I mean, Jesus was about to be born. No, it's so live. I mean, it comes alive. And as you read even the Psalms and you read the instructions, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the young God. I mean, it's alive. It's, it's real. It's right there. You see, it says, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I mean, I just love the Word of God. Go with me to Psalm 119, if you would. Psalm 119, verses 1 on down to verse number 6, it just becomes alive to you. And as you read these verses, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies that seek Him with their whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Oh, Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. I mean, it's just exciting. You open the Word of God and you begin to see all that God has for you and you delight yourself in those things. Hey, can I share with you that the, 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 the Christian life doesn't have to be a drudgery. It doesn't have to be something where you say, man, I've got to be a Christian today. No, you get to be rejoice in that. I mean, you, you have the opportunity to make a difference for Christ, and there's nothing like being able to see what God could do with just your testimony. What God could do in the life of someone else if you just begin to exalt Him. And there are so many times in our lives where we say, oh, the Word of God is, uh, I just didn't get anything. It's just so boring. No, the Word of God is not boring. You're just delighting in other things and you're not giving the Word of God preeminence. I mean, you go and you begin to read. I remember sitting in a service and Brother Kenny Ball was talking about this. He says, the Bible is boring. There's a talking donkey in there. I mean, the, the Lord parts the Red Sea. I mean, walls just, tr just tr crash down. The Bible's boring. 
man dies on the cross for our sins. The Bible's boring. We just don't delight in it. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Meditation is a wonderful tool. Uh, just last night, I wasn't meditating necessarily in, in that moment on Scripture. I was meditating on some plans and some things that I would like to see the Lord do. And as I was thinking about that, I began to get excited about it. And as you begin to think about what God could do and what God has done, and you meditate on the Word of God, you begin to delight yourself in it a little bit more. I mean, if you were to walk out the doors today and you were just to meditate on John 3.16, you know John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, you would just meditate on that verse alone. It'll stir you up. You mean to tell me God He sent His only Son for me? I remember sitting in a chapel service one time and a preacher got up and, man, it helped me. He, he said, even if you were the only person on earth, God would have sent his only son. And I was thinking, man, that's love. God would have done that. You go and you begin to meditate on the words of God and you begin to read the Proverbs and you begin to go through Scripture and you begin to meditate day and night. What a joy. Can I share with you and ask you this question, what are your delights in? Is the Word of God even something that you do delight in? You see, the things that we delight in are the things that we give the most attention to. You delight in sports, you'll give a lot of time to sports. I love sports. You delight in music, you'll give a lot of time. I love sports. I was just talking to my brother-in-law just the other day, and we were talking about music, and I told him, I said, look, 95% of the time, music is on if I'm, if I'm doing something. It's a rare, I said, the only occasion, if I'm driving somewhere, music's on. If I'm here at the church, music's on. I just love music. I, I love music, and so I delight in music. I delight in, in, in all of these many things. But I wonder sometimes if we truly delight in this book right here. It's one thing to own it. It's another thing to get in it. And many of us, this is how we live with this book right here. We open it this morning. We get stirred up. Oh, yeah, I need to start reading my Bible. We go home, and this is what happens. Wednesday's coming. Hey, where's my Bible? I need to find that thing. Where'd I put that thing? No. You get in the Word of God, and you open the Word of God, but His delight is in the law of the Lord, and His law doth He meditate day and night. We get so excited about all of these many things. I mean, and listen, you should. You should be able to get excited about things that necessarily don't have, you know, Eternal value, that's okay. But may it never take the place of what truly does matter. I mean, look, I was just talking, I was able to preach three different times this past week, and as I was talking to a, a, a couple of young people, I went to uh, preach in Hickory a couple of years ago. I actually didn't go with the intention of preaching. I went to a, a conference and was given the opportunity. I met a young man. His name was Micah. And Micah was, I just saw a picture of you and your brother the other day. And he was about the size when y'all were back in 2007. I mean, he just, how old were how old are you now? 15. So 11, 10. I mean, he was just a small little guy. And we haven't been back in a couple of years to even see them or, or visit the ministry there. And I saw Micah, and I asked him, I said, man, you just wake up and you just eat protein? I mean, he's, he's swole. I mean, he, he's huge. I mean, it was cracking me up. I was like, man, <laughs> just looking at him. 
And uh, as I began to think about that and the, the difference, but we were talking. And as we were talking for just a little while, I began to just get a burden for, man, all of the, the, the things that God could do in his life and in young people's lives. And as I was thinking about the verse number two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and watching some of those young people. And I wonder this morning, as we think about these passages of Scripture, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And so with Mike, I was talking, and I was preaching, and I was talking about food. I love food. I could talk about a cheeseburger just about any given time. I love food. Any of my foodies with me? My brother-in-law, I've got to give a shout-out to Zach Newman because he got mad at me. He was listening to a message a while back, and he said I was talking about food, and I didn't give him a shout-out. So here's my shout-out. Zach Newman's a foodie as well. And, uh, but I was talking to them, and I looked over at Mike, and I said, Man, you enjoy protein. You've got to go try the 7 by 7 at Steak and Shake. Look, I, love, I, I could talk about food. I love food. And it's lunchtime right about now. I've got a cheeseburger in my schedule. And I, I could talk about all this. I get, I, get, I get excited about those. I mean, we're talking to a, a cereal guy right here. He could start a podcast on cereal. Serious about cereal. Some of you can have hobbies and things that you want to talk about. That's, no, you should. Yeah, it's okay. You delight in those things. But I wonder how many times we delight in all those things and we get so stirred up about those things. But there's just dullness when it comes to this. We don't get stirred up. We don't delight in these things. Notice with me the last thing we see. Verse number 3, the Bible says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The word here is that statement, whatsoever he doeth. And I wonder this morning, as I was reading this, I wonder in my life, what am I doing? You know, what, what, what difference am I making? As I've been studying the life of Paul, and I preached last week about Paul's life, and as I think about life in general, I was just informed of a shooting that took place in Detroit, Michigan, and I was looking and saw that young football player who was killed and, and things like that. I began to think, life is so short. I mean, I'm not promised tomorrow, and none of us are. And I began to really do an evaluation of my life. What am I doing? You know, yes, I'm standing behind the pulpit and preaching God's word, and I, I'm able to, Lord, use me. Lord, I want, to, I, want to be, I want to do more than I can do and not do it in my own ability, but Lord, do it through you. The Bible says right here, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And we wonder sometimes, and we, we might have every once in a while a little season of, of desire to do something for God, and we say, why isn't the Lord blessing? Well, what crowd are you hanging around? You see, God, God is not going to bless when sin is evident right then and there. Lord, I'm going to live like the devil Monday through Saturday, but Lord, on Sundays I'm going to get it fired up and I want you to bless me. That's not how it works. Until you get that settled, until you get that right, and God begins to work in your life. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. First John 
Chapter number 2, verse 15 starts out this way, love not the world. Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2, you can go and read those. I beseech you therefore, brethren. I mean, right off, I beg of you. I plead with you. And it literally gives, go ahead, Landon, come on up here again if you would. It literally gives the picture. Come stand up here with me if you would. Stand right there. If Landon's headed down a road that he knows he shouldn't be going down, and all of us know this road that he's going down, I beseech of you. I beseech, it literally means as though you're holding on to him. Please don't do it. Please don't go down this road. I'm begging you, don't do this. God has so much more for you. And so you say, I want to I be a Christian that's advancing. I want to be a Christian that's becoming the Christian that I ought to be. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scorn. You say, oh, but you just don't understand. Listen, I'm not saying cut ties. There are many people that live a way that they know that they ought not be living, and there are people that I have had to separate myself from that know that I love them. You don't have to cut ties and be ugly with them. But stop listening to it. Stop walking with it. Stop sitting there and just in living your life in such a way that you're embedded in that sin because, hey, you can handle Listen, you can't handle sin. There's not a one of us that can handle sin. There will come a day whenever it will bring what the Bible talks about, which is death. A spiritual death in our lives where we begin to, to crumble. That's why in this portion of Scripture, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, literally pictures one who has now become over their head. They thought they could handle it by just walking every once in a while. Then they began to, to stand with them. Now they found themselves sitting and they're, they're trying to keep their head above waters. They can't do it. They're... I just feel like I'm drowning. Well, you are because you're embedded in the sin. And sin begins to cripple. It's kind of like a snake. Whenever that snake gets a hold of something, and all of a sudden it begins to, to wrap up, and you can no, and it, just, it just gets tighter and tighter. If I were to, to pick landing up, there would come a point, in his, in, if I were to squeeze him, there would come a point where he goes, I can't breathe. That's what it pictures. Sin does that. And so could I encourage you, be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It bringeth forth fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I want to be a blessed individual. I want the Lord to use me. I believe the Lord desires to use me and use every single one of us. I believe that many of you, if not all of you, desire the Lord to use you. And that means having a determination that is tough, waking up every single day and saying, Lord, not my will but thine. Lord, I want to be used. It means I've got to forsake this. It means I've got to no longer give time to this. It means I've got to stay on this path right here. Lord, it's your path. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to follow you. It means delighting in his word. Stop delighting in all of the things of this world and start delighting in God and his word. And then find yourself doing some things that have eternal value. Walk with God in a way that you've never done so before. May 2021, as you close out this year, may it be a fire that burns within you that you say, Man, I want to do something great for God. And as 2022 comes, may it be as though God just pushes you forth. One of the things, and I'll close with this. You can be seated. One of the things that we used to do, and we still do this, we went on vacation one year, though, to Orlando, Florida. And uh, then we started doing this on my wife's vacation. There was a dock. And we would run, and, and when we'd get to the end of the dock, we would, we would 
jump and we would leap just straight up in the air. You don't, you don't jump out, you just jump straight in the air. And there would be someone who would be coming behind and they would push you as far as you could go. And you'd launch. I mean, and so we, we were, I mean, it was one of those things where the pool was about this right here. And our goal was to, to run and to jump straight up and see if we could get to the other end of the pool. And at the time, my brother-in-law was a bodybuilder. He could launch us. And so we'd run, and we'd jump straight up, and he would just go, and we'd launch out. You talk about some excitement. Can I share with you, when you launch out, and you do something for God, and you say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to trust you, I'm going to walk with you, as the, the, the quote in y'all's teen room says, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. There's a joy, there's an excitement, there's an exhilaration to it. Man, whoo. See what God could do. I believe we want to be a blessed people this morning. May we determine to live for God. May we separate ourselves unto God and watch what God could do. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness this morning. I pray that you would, Lord, just help us, guide us, and direct us, Lord. I pray that you would stir us. Lord, I'm so I'm so tired of the, the, the casual Christianity as far as going through the motions. Lord, put a fire, put a zeal within us, Lord, that we just have to do something. Lord, may we not be stagnant. Lord, may we not be okay with just being average. But Lord, may we get into your word and look to you. And Lord, may we attempt great things for you and expect great things from you. I pray that you would help us to have the determination we need. Lord, that we would delight in your ways and in your word. And Lord, that we would attempt to do things for you. I pray that you would take us to new heights. Take individuals to new heights. May 2021 be a year where they close out, where all of us close out in a special way. And Lord, we launch out in 2022 just doing all we can. Lord, may we sell out. May we be on fire. May we watch what you could do if we just surrendered our all. Help us, Lord. We need you more than ever. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.